0: Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kishlin and Paige Kishlin. Good afternoon, Paige. Yellow. So today we're going to talk about who's on your team. So we will discuss in this episode, what do we mean by who's on your team? Um, why or who should be on that team, outcomes of who you choose to be on your team, and strategies to make sure that you're letting in the right people to your team. So Paige, what do you mean when we say who's on your team?
1: I mean, um, who's on your team? Um, who do you let? Who do you let in into your life and who do you have in your life who you can go to when you need support and love?
0: Right. So I use this concept a lot in coaching. It's actually one of the first things I talk about with my clients. Um, So I really mean, like, who do you rely on in your life? So this can be anybody from my prescriber to significant other, to my parents, to siblings, to friends. I had one person list their barista once because their barista always had their coffee ready for them. And they didn't have to like stop and wait in line and stuff. They would just like run in and quick pay and run back out. And for them, that was really important. I've had other people though, also list like paid services. So if they use like a laundry service or if they had a maid those were people who are also on their team because it made their life easier. So really anybody who you're relying on, but I think the way that Paige and I are going to be talking t- about it today, we really mean like close, intimate people who are really on that inner circle of, of who you are, right? So family, friends, those kinds of people. So um, who should be on your team, Paige?
1: People who who support you and love you. So, um, because having people who support you is um, very important, except especially for when you have a neurodiversity. And unfortunately, I've noticed that many people with neurodiversities don't have that. I'm lucky enough to have that, but I've definitely had periods in my life where I've let people who aren't supportive in my life and I've really clung to those people and I ended up pushing away all of the people who actually wanted good from me but um
0: so what kind of what kind of characteristics might somebody have Right, when, when Paige and I really talked about how to present like who should be in your life, she really wanted to listen like your siblings and your parents and like specific types of people, but not everybody's parents and siblings are cool or yeah. should be in your life. some of them are yeah. are destructive some of them are jerks. So then we decided that we would really um, list it more by um, characteristics that you should look for. So, so what are those?
1: So those are, um, well, characteristics of people, the right people are people who make your life easier, people who support you, people who will keep you accountable, people who will be honest with you, even if it hurts, um, because they mean it in a loving way if they're being like facetious and mean about it, then that's wrong. You should you should not have that person on your team. But if they're like genuinely like trying to just like help you out, then they'll be honest with you. Uh, people who listen to you and accept you for you and will check in on you.
0: We also talked about like people who challenge you to grow people who are your cheerleaders and who encourage you or give you opportunities to, to grow. Um, And then, you know, just from like the coaching perspective, um, it's really important to have these people and hopefully they're your parents, but it's really important to have these people because the ADHD brain, as far as executive function skills are concerned, is considered to be about 30% behind. So That means, you know, you're really like into your thirties before those executive function skills are really developed completely. And so it's really what like general society might consider like a failure to launch. I don't look at it that way, right? It's just, we're taking a little bit, my neurodiverse clients have taken a little bit of a more meandering, wandering path to adulthood, Um, And so it's really important that those people have all those things that Paige and I just talked about, right? Acceptance and love and encouragement and cheerleaders and to be challenged. Um, Yeah, all that stuff's really important. And then I guess the other thing um, that I want to make sure that we're sharing or talking about is that specific to women who are neurodiverse, they tend to be pretty naive and accepting and, um, really open. And unfortunately that leaves a space for many, many women to have abusive relationships, whether they're physically or emotionally or physically abusive, sometimes even sexually abusive. Um, and so, um, (laughs) <laughs> Paige just dropped something if you heard her say. Oops, I can see our end camera. Um, so um, not to take away from the seriousness of what I was just saying, right? But neurodiverse women really need to be even more vigilant about who they're letting into their lives because they do tend to be pretty um, naive.
1: Whether it's like a romantic relationship or a friendship, because I've, I've had yeah. both. Just wanted to put that out there. It doesn't have to just be romantic.
0: Indeed you have, right? I mean, I I don't know how much you want to share, but um, you definitely had a friend who was pretty- Having
1: correct friends is also very important. Um, Yeah. yeah. If they bully you, they're not good friends. Just putting it out there. Yeah,
0: no, right? Definitely not. Um, You've definitely had friends who- were very controlling and only wanted you to be their friend, and uh, we're not. We're not good. And then, good. you've definitely had at least one really that bad was... romantic relationship. So, um, so what are those outcomes from having the wrong support?
1: having wrong support of they can derail your mental health um they can um, manipulate you manipulation um or be controlling i had an ex the same ex that i've talked about because it was only the one but he would think that i wasn't taking my mental health seriously so he would be like you need to go do this you need to go do that you need to do this even though he like wasn't listening to me and I was trying to explain stuff to him, but he just like wouldn't listen and he just derailed my mental health even further. Like, um
0: well but, not attending to his own, I would add. Well
1: not yeah, that's true. <laughs> he also wasn't attending to his own more serious issues, which he should have been in. If I brought up anything that I was concerned about, he would just get mad. So um they make your life harder and you feel like you're just like in this little box
0: right they of- can also stop you from any positive progress that you've been making or derail dreams that you have um like you mentioned uh-huh. earlier they might pull you away from the people who you love, are actually supportive you. yeah yeah what about the right support?
1: Right support? Um, they make your life easier. They even when, you, when when you fall down, you know who you can go to. like if you fall down you know like, oh, I can go to Kevin. Kevin has my back. Um, um, you they love you even when you can't love yourself. Someone who's the wrong person will just,
0: will just use you Mm -hmm. and
1: just like won't be there for you when it's always about them and they won't love you but they expect them to you to love them but someone who is a good person will love you always even if you're in a bad place um good people will listen to the right support will listen to you and help you move forward And like I said before, they'll be honest with you, even if it hurts and you don't want to hear it, they'll still be honest because they care about you and want you to be successful.
0: Great. Um, What are some ways to make sure you're letting the right people into your life?
1: Um, Well, there is that one way door aspect that you were telling me about so if imagine your life is a room and there is only one door and you can only go in so anyone that you let into your life is there forever so if you just like think about like do you really want this person in your life forever or you can also imagine your life is like a house you can let everyone in the door and into your foyer, for your or whatever your like main lobby area but there are certain thing box that you have to that these people have to check in order to you sit down at your kitchen table and explore your house um so
0: what those might be for you
1: mine are um they're not judgmental um To anyone, not just to me, but to, like, anyone. If someone's being judgmental, I don't want that. Um, They hold me accountable. They check in on me. They listen to me. And they accept me for who I am. Me for me. And all my weirdness.
0: And who are some of those people right now in your life?
1: My friends. So um, I guess I can just... Haley and Shelby and Tyler. My boyfriend is one of them. Um, my family. I, I, like I said before, my family is, or I have people in my life who are supportive. Of it. Most of them are my family members, particularly like inner family. So like my immediate family, um, oh. some, ex- some extended family too, but I mean, like, we don't really see our extended family very often but, but they're far away they're, they're if they were closer i'm sure they would be there too i mean like they they aren't like terrible i'm not saying that but yeah. um it's they're kind just of hard nearby. to go to someone if when they're across the country or the world or the world yeah um let's see here um those were it for me but um
0: Right, I had some others, so I think it's really important that people trust their intuition. I think sometimes for people who are neurodiverse, it's really hard for them to to do that. I've noticed that people who um, are on the spectrum or have Aspergers um, or people that have specifically like inattentive ADHD have a lot of trouble um, paying attention to their intuition because it's something you feel in your body, and they live very in their head. but, you know, if you have that sinking feeling in your gut or your chest is really tight when you're about to go see somebody or when you spend a lot of time with somebody, that would definitely be something to evaluate why you feel that way, right? So if you can be more mindful of how your body feels or just like take that purposeful pause and probably the power of the pause should be an episode that we do, um, but pausing is really important. Um then your intuition is almost always right, right? Because it's, it's guided by your subconscious, which is really there to protect us, mm-hmm. um, right? If you um, notice that you're hiding information from somebody because you don't want to disappoint them or because you think they're going to be angry with you or judge you in some way, um, like we said, um, that's not being accepting of you. And so that's not a person to have on your team. Um, just sort of asking yourself the question of like, do I feel better or worse when or after I've spent time with this person? That's that's something to evaluate. Um, people who are only ever talking about themselves and don't let you share about yourself, right? They're not listening to you. It's always about them, me, me, me. Um, that's a real one-way relationship um, and that's not that's not supportive of you. Um, that doesn't mean you can't switch that relationship around. And so um, you could potentially, I wouldn't say abandon that relationship immediately right away, that could be something that you might be able to turn around by having a conversation with that person um, gently and kindly. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but if you feel that person is never available for you when you call, they don't answer your texts, they don't return your phone calls, they um, maybe they're not liking your stuff on Instagram anymore, however it is that you're communicating with that person most, um, if those things start not happening and they're pulling away, that might be a sign that that person either can't be on your team for whatever reason, they need to do something for them. So you might reach out to be a good team member to them, Um, but it might also be that they're just unwilling to be a team member for you, right? So something to check in on. Um, other thoughts, Paige, about who is on your team? Um, Or examples, or I don't know, anything you want to share about good team members or bad team members that you've had in the past that you make sure you avoid now?
1: Um, avoid, um, friends, friends who, um, friends who like don't want or friends or like significant other people who who pull you who like don't want you talking so like I had a friend who got mad at me whenever I talked to another person another living soul so I couldn't even talk to my sister without this person being mad at me it was ridiculous she was she was uh controlling but um or like people who I mean, like, they weren't, like, controlling, but we were also, like, there were also things going on, like, in their heads that I think probably contributed to this a little, Um, but but it was more of, like, a frenemy situation than a friendship. We would, like, get along half of the time and then fight the other half of the time, and it was kind of just, like, a mess. So,
0: drama. I'm hearing avoid drama. Anybody that has too much drama.
1: Avoid drama at all costs.
0: Drama is really negative. And, if, you know. Um,
1: I avoid people who, like, if you make plans with someone, and then, like, last minute, it's always, oh, I forgot I had this. Like, every single time. Or if they got mad at you, like, if, if you support them, and then you have a bad time and then all of a sudden it's oh my god you're so dramatic or get over it or like leave me alone like i'm putting in the effort even if i'm having a bad a bad time i'm still supporting you but they don't support you because they're in a bad like in a bad space or whatever which i mean like don't neglect your like mental health to help someone else but um Like if you're in a bad place, then go help yourself first, but don't just like completely shove them away because you're in a bad space or, and they shouldn't be doing that to you either, but don't neglect your health to help someone else. There's
0: definitely a way to say like, I care about you, but I need to go take care of this for me and, and I'll 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 check back back in. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Or people who just like can go without talking to you. Especially in a relationship. If, if they aren't contacting you throughout the day, they don't care. They don't really, they don't have an interest in you, really. They don't particularly, like, want to talk to you necessarily. So that person you probably shouldn't be chasing around anymore. They'll talk to you if they want to talk to you. So,
0: so. Somebody's putting in like equal yeah, amount of effort. If,
1: yeah. Even if they were like my boyfriend, he works, he works Monday through Friday, like probably like, probably like seven thirty to four or something. And throughout the day, he'll be, he'll just randomly text me. I randomly text him sometimes too. It'd be like, Hey, how's your day going? Or, Hey, how are you doing? Or how are you feeling? Like I've been, we've both been sick the past week. And every, every few hours we'll be like, Hey, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Are you feeling better? He just like, it goes out of his way to check on me and I do the same for him. So those are the people that you want.
0: I would also uh, put a disclaimer in there that you guys are in the fairly
1: new stage, new
0: stage and very excited about the relationship. Right. So, so I would say like, you know, I've, my relationship is a lot older, um, right. I've known my husband for 30 years so
1: you still check on each other we have those little bracelets
0: we do check on each other we do wear bond bracelets so Mm -hmm. if you don't know what those are like you just (laughs) tap on them when you're thinking about somebody but I would say like during the weekday there are days where I'm I kind of stack my week so I'm busier on Mondays and Tuesdays um with clients so um there are definitely like long stretches of those days that we're not communicating. But like I would say if you've gone 24 to 36 hours and you haven't heard from a significant other, Mm -hmm. um, that's, there's a red flag.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But then also I've realized now that I've said that, but you also shouldn't be like, they also shouldn't be like, texting your throat (laughs) down about it like they shouldn't just be like harassing you all day long like yeah we we both work so we aren't texting each other like all the time but we put in an effort to just be like a quick like hi even if we're both busy because like I'm busy at work too but I still make sure to like let him know like hey I'm here I'm thinking about you I -hmm. like you
0: <laughs> um without saying those exact words. Don't text those, those words.
1: Like, yeah, no. <laughs> don't text those words if you're like that. But just like just like I guess like a checking in, but don't be like down their throat harassing them because that's annoying.
0: Uh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing that we didn't really mention was um like we mentioned the whole idea of like helping to keep somebody accountable. Mm-hmm and that that's a good person to have on your team, but there's a real difference between helping um, keep somebody accountable and nagging, right? In general, yeah, that's true. people you with- shouldn't do that. In um, general, people with ADHD do not like to be told what to do, and no. you're constantly telling them what to do. Um, no. will make them dig in their heels and do the opposite, even if it's the opposite of what they really want, right? So you might do a like- what a lot of my clients will do is they'll reach out to a family member or a friend or somebody on their team and say, hey, in 30 minutes, can you text me to make sure that I've already done X, whatever the, the action is that they need to take? Um, or they might do even a more gentle um, thing like in order to keep myself accountable for an exercise routine that I came up for with for myself and I want to do, but I still need accountability for I have it written on a calendar and that calendar sits on the refrigerator in the middle of the house that everybody can see. That's enough accountability for me. Cause I know that if my husband sees it and I isn't checked off for that day, he'll say, Hey, are you feeling okay? Did you hurt yourself? Is there a reason why you didn't work out this morning? Right. And that's, that's enough accountability for me. It's not always for everybody. Right. So there's like, definitely different levels of accountability, but mm-hmm. harassing your wa- loved one or somebody who's <laughs> nagging you is yeah, not that's kosher. Not cool.
1: um, that's what I do. I'll tell like a specific, like a few weeks ago, I wanted to clean up my closet and my room desperately needed to be decluttered and I did not want to do it. So, oh. um, I can like attest. He- Like he usually does on my days off. My boyfriend will ask me what I have planned for today. So whether he does this because he knows that I have accountability issues or he's just trying to be polite, I don't know what it is. I will tell him everything that I have planned for that day because I know later on in the day, he will ask me, oh, how is this going? And I have like a fear of like disappointing him or making it seem like I lied to him. So I'll end up doing it. So, and then I'll External. be able to tell him, like, yeah, it's going well. Thanks for asking.
0: External accountability yeah. really works for a lot of people.
1: Or at work, I'll like, like on Sundays, it's my job at the end of the day to order supplies. And I usually forget. So then I'll be, I'll tell everybody, like, hey, remind me to do this. And they'll either remind me or I'll remember myself because I've literally told like 20 people, hey, remind me to do this and then it gets done. And then I'll, or I'll just like order in bulk. I order like a ridiculous amount of stuff and then Tyler gets upset with me because we have 25 boxes of bags and have no room for them. But we are now prepared in case there's a bag shortage again, we'll have bags. So hoarding is good. (laughs)
0: hoarding is not good. <laughs> Ignore that. That was not That was not advice from us at all in any way. Hoarding is bad. Um, awesome. Any other thoughts before we close out, Paige? No. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you're interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ND toolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.